Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Keepers of the Book. I am your host, Maz, joined here by my co-host, Mathahir. And This book's amazing. Sorry, continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are we're hitting the Sander Lance, people. Um, this is Mistborn Chapter... This is Episode 9, Mistborn Chapters 30 to 34. And boy... I literally well, stayed up till 3 a.m. reading this. Yeah, he, okay, so Mathahir <laughs> texted me... Like, actually, this morning, saying that he stayed out till 3 a.m. reading. He read past, like, chapter 34. Again, no worries on spoilers, but my God. I, I don't blame him. When I um when I first read this, I remember when I got to this certain event, which we'll get to in a bit, um, I just finished the book after that. Like, <laughs> it, it's not a book that you can just put down, which I think is funny because he has that style of writing where it's like, okay, these are good stopping points usually at the end of a chapter right but towards the end of his books they become so insanely high paced that even though they're separated by chapters they are not good stopping points like you just have to keep going no there aren't um i think uh at this point parts are good stopping points in between parts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so he uh which is funny because when he i, I remember i texted you about this earlier um the memory of light a memory of light the last book of wheel of time mm -hmm. one chapter is longer than the entirety of harry potter and sorcerer's stone yeah, yeah right it's like more words i think it i have sorcerer's stone is like eighteen thousand words and that chapter is nineteen thousand words oh my so goodness. one chapter is longer than an entire book uh -huh. now of course you know take into consideration that ya books have uh much larger font sizes and larger you know line spacing bigger margins yeah obviously. bigger margins or yeah something like that and everything so that that's that's why you won't see a memory of light and you put a side-by-side source of stone you're like well this is about half the size no if you you got to go off word count but yeah so and i remember i think somebody said this on reddit so take this with a grain of salt whether or not it's true um sanderson purposely wrote that chapter so where somebody uh who is, was reading memory of light would get to the beginning of that chapter and they would say okay just one more chapter and i'm going to bed <laughs> and little do they know they're in for like one of the longest chapters in so they're reading an history. entire book before they yeah go to bed. <laughs> really right so uh and apparently it's um it was also meant to be written that way because it, it's it, it's a massive battle and the oh, and the, wow. the very concept of the battle being long and draggy is to make you the reader experience that exhaustion of going through the battle yourself but get boring no it doesn't get boring that's uh, the point that it's like just edge to edge like constant action and it's a, you know apparently very well written everyone loves it I, i've very rarely, i haven't read it no oh. it's the last book oh um so it's you know, and, and they say uh, it is very exhausting. And he, Sanderson wanted Sanderson to, wrote it. Sanderson, oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah, did. yeah, yeah. So he because yeah, he, he wrote the last three books of Wheel yeah. of Time. So that's what I'm saying. It, there is that same style that's carried over here, where he that battle is meant in the book is supposed to be long and draggy and very, um, I don't know, heavy attrition, heavy, heavy drag on the characters and you as a reader are supposed to feel that too <laughs> so but yeah let's get to it chapters 30 to 34 are, um so we kick it off with vins at a ball at house uh keep venture 
And there's a lot more people here than um, Vin kind of expected. So Zayza kind of goes to investigate like what's going on. Um, Ellen's sitting with his dad and ignoring Vin. Um, Cezad finds out that all the other houses have canceled their balls. Yeah, that's uh, kind of um, all at once. Yeah, right. Like, so, and they all canceled their uh, planned events. So this will be the last. So all these houses are, uh, you know, kind of securing their alliances. And none of them are going to try and get an alliance with uh, House Renault at the last second. Mm-hmm. Right. Because and she said, like, you know, she played it too neutral, which I mean, to be fair, um, that's what she was supposed to be doing. She was supposed to be playing kind of neutral and not, not even neutral or attack or whatever. It was just supposed to be. She's just getting information on starting a house war. So that, yeah. th- this was normal. All right. So before we go a little further, I had a question about, I don't remember if this is a logbook or the um, epigraphs. So if the prophecies say that the hero of the ages should be an outsider, so not a terrorist man, why does Mr. Rashek think that it should be a terrorist man? Does he think the prophecies are wrong or... It could just be a race charge thing, right? So, but like, isn't his kind of whole, didn't the terrorist make their prophecies? Yeah, it is it is a terrorist religion prophecy, yeah. So he basically just, he's kind the, of defying his religion. Uh, yeah, I guess. But I think, I'm trying to think, uh, I don't know if he actually had a reasoning as to why he said he didn't. Uh because Quan was one of those people who, because that's the weird thing, right? That like Quan said that he's a hero of ages, and later he himself turned around and said, "No, no, no, he's not the hero of ages." And remember, because the Lord Ruler talked about that in a logbook, mm-hmm. where he said, "You know, you know, he was my friend or something like that," and you know, I don't understand why he first said I was a hero of ages, then later recounted, right? Yeah. So Quan was a friend. Quan, I. Either was a friend, or I, I think he was a friend of Lord Ruler. Okay. But regardless, he was the one who found Lord Ruler and claimed him to be the hero of ages. Mm, then okay, later, then later, that. he recounted. Quan uh, said, "No, no, I, I don't think he's a hero of ages anymore." Yeah. Um, but at that point, you know, it was too late. And remember, we I think we talked about that last episode where we said that he was kind of the the terrorism must have been pretty desperate, mm-hmm. right? Because the deepness is wreaking havoc on the world so they were just desperate to just find a hero so i i think i need to go back after we're done reading this entire book i just want to go back and read them all read the effort see i told you that (laughs) i did exact same thing copper mind wiki that has all the it has a page with all the epigraphs in order so does it make like an actual book like, is it actually, like, the epigraph? No, no. I'll so, just say, you know, chapter one, that, and then uh, next heading, chapter two. So. Okay. Anyways, um, yeah, so this is the last ball. And so Sayzad kind of gets worried because he's going to go leave um, and give this news to Kelsier because Kelsier is about to go impersonate a informant again. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of needs to know his information. Otherwise, he's going to be a kind of crap informant if he doesn't even know that this is the last ball and house wars about to start. So, um, <laughs> I, I, this, I wrote, um, Vin starts talking to Ellen and then Ellen drops her like a bad habit. 
Um, and it, it made me kind of sad whenever she was telling Ellen not to leave her. That made me sad. Yeah, it was. Um, it was what really well written, right? Because she's. We kind of grown to really like, or at least I have really like uh, Vin. So just seeing her be this vulnerable girl transform into this slightly more confident, slightly less vulnerable girl, girl, and then have her emotions kind of be, you know, dropped like a bad habit. I uh, I don't I don't have really grown to like her actually. I don't dislike her, but. She doesn't have many qualities that I like. <laughs> she's, That's fair. She, she's pretty she's, naive for someone of her experience. And That's fair, I think. I think it's for her, it's not a naive thing, but it's one of those, like, she can't help but try and find hope and stuff. Mm-hmm. And just as a as could be her way of coping with life. Yeah. Um, but no, I agree with you on that one. Finn wasn't exactly my favorite character for a long time. Time. And I don't know if she ever really does become my favorite character. Um, so anyways, um, this is when Reen's voice comes back, you know, because I think that was also like symbolic moment, I think, where for a while she kind of had that suppressed in the back because she was happier. Yeah. And now all of a sudden her voice, you know, her inner monologue comes back saying it's like, yeah, see, I told you, you can't trust anybody. Um, he's alive, man. He's going to come back. Reen? Yeah, he's maybe gonna be he's a, a lord ruler. Yeah, he probably is. <laughs> uh, well, never mind. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, so, Cliss um, knows that she's known as a gossip. This was kind of kind of funny to me. Um, everyone knows that Cliss is like the class gossip, mm-hmm. and she knows she's a class gossip. So she kind of uses that to her advantage and. Is almost like an informant, but a nobility level informant, not a scholar yeah. level informant, right? She says that I know when somebody's lying and I know when somebody's feeding me wrong information to try to get me something. So she's trying to say, that, like, you know, I can be paid to kept quiet. I, I got to respect that, you know? She just shot Cliss and she did. So Vin did. Um, Cliss uh, kind of hints at Ilario. Um, is playing on killing Ellen, where Straff Venture is kind of playing Behind a role in this note. too. Yeah, um, like he's gonna because let... he wants someone else to be the heir. Yeah, he's gonna let Ellen die by pulling the soldiers back and letting the assassins get to Ellen. Um, Vin just can't handle it, and this is where it kind of steps in. Where Kelsier says, "You know, all the what is it? The pain that you feel from a loved one." It does. That's why it hurts so much because they're a loved one. You you don't stop loving them just because they hurt you. Which I there like there are little quotes in the series that kind of stick out to me, and this that was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so Vin kind of decides, you know, internally, yeah, I do love Ellen, and even though he did kind of drop me like a bad habit, um, <laughs> not her words. It would have been funny if that, those were her words. Um, like that one time when Ellen compared women to storms. <laughs> to yeah. Who, who did that? Ellen, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. I'm going to use that my wife one day. Um, <laughs> so she blasts her with emotional alimancy. And I mean, and I, I don't mean blast her. Uh, and making it very clear that she's, a, at the very least, a mystic. Um, so... 
And she does also drop that they're kind of working against House Venture too because they're going to find the books that Ellen's been reading and that's going to be used to kind of bring down House Venture as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she uses bronze to find the assassins. And she's running through like a maze like of a castle, which actually that, I thought that was really interesting because I have heard this before that castles were designed like this, like the hallways and stuff yeah. to really slow down attackers. Right, because mm-hmm. if it's like a maze and you don't know how to get up to the keep, yeah, you can be really taking some heavy losses mm-hmm. by the time you get up to the keep. So it's kind of cool. I, I like the research that went into that. Um, she comes upon uh, two Mistborn assassins as well as a couple different. I think there was a thug and yeah, some other coin mistakes. shots and stuff. How um, did so one of them like one of them happens to be Sean. Yeah. How did she draw that conclusion? That she was wearing a mist cloak. Yeah, but how did she know that it was Sean? She didn't see her face, did she? Yeah, she saw her face. Oh. Yeah. Um I mean they started talking to each other too, right? Oh yeah. Uh so she kills one of the Mistborn, which this felt like almost like he didn't in my opinion, he didn't want to write a prolonged action sequence. I felt like that first Mistborn died way too easily. Yeah, he did. You for know, a fully like, trained yeah, for a fully trained assassin Mistborn, like, this guy was a klutz, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, to my understanding, the way that she, uh, she, like, throws a guy out with armor and, like, she used him to, like, pull herself up or something like that. Or no, like, she used a guy's armor to pull herself up onto a wall, then kick that guy off the side of the wall so then that other Mistborn couldn't also use that as an anchor. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, come on, are you not carrying any bits of coin on you to kind of like, you know... Yeah. So that, I thought that was kind of dumb. Um, regardless, the fight with Shen was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, she tricks her with ATM. Um, they both start running ATM and then, you know, the Hall of a Thousand Mirrors or whatever <laughs> starts popping up. And then she knows that she's probably going to burn out quickly or has less ATM to burn through in the first place. So Vin pretends like her ATM is gone and stops burning it. Shan gets excited. Uh, There's arrows being fired, right? So Vin quickly starts burning ATM, which in that moment, it kind of confuses Shan. And then she uses that, you know, split second moment as a prize to just kill her with an arrow. I thought that was really cool. It was very clever. Um, chapter ends there. You want to say something? Yeah, I, I think that was also kind of silly that Shan died that easily too. Because shouldn't she know not to get too excited? She's a fully trained. I think she. Too. The thing is, like, I don't think anyone would have expected. It's like, oh my god, we're both burning ATM. Okay, he's not burning ATM anymore. Because you know they said that the only counter to ATM is ATM. Mm-hmm. So if you. If you see that somebody suddenly stopped burning ATM, you're going to assume it's like, okay, there's no way this idiot's just going to... Yeah, right? Like, who thinks like that, right? True. It's like, okay, that's you. that was your only defense. Now I'm like a god against you, right? Because I see everything that you're doing. Yeah. So I see it. Um, chapter 31 kicks off uh, with... Wait, whenever... Um, sorry, but whenever Vin says that she just started the house war. 
I was like, no, you just started Act Three of the book. <laughs> <Act> <laughs> you just started me. the Sanderledge. Yeah. So th- this was uh, Chapter Thirty One kicks off with Kelsier at um, Klaus's shop with more amazing banter. I mean. One of the things I loved about this book, which set this book above all the others, was the humor through the banter of like Kelsier's crew. Yeah, um, Breeze and Ham. Yeah, Breeze, Ham, and stuff. It was just awesome. I, it, it's really touching. It feels like they're my friends, you know, which makes what happens later so much harder to deal with. <sighs> Don't talk about that. Well, we're about Not to talk yet. about that. And those are your chapters to cover. <laughs> <laughs> so. Anyways, Kel's at Club's shop and they're, you know, just messing around with Breeze and stuff. Vin comes in and she talks about how she killed Chandelario. Kelsier is shocked because finds out that, you know, she's a Mistborn. And uh, she's really shocked. I'm sorry. Kelsier is really shocked because, like, you know, she's only been training for eight months, which I'm glad he said that because it kind of gives us a frame, yeah. time frame about, like, you know, how long this book's. I, d- I did like how she was like, yeah, I kind of killed Shan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, Nonchalantly. Yeah. And so, Kelsey was kind of annoyed that he... that Sorry, that Vin did all this just to save Ellen, right? Because that... I mean, it's a huge risk. And, okay, so this is going to be a slightly contro- controversial take from me. Um, Sorry about that. Vin explodes on the crew and she just like goes on this massive rant about how they're not real ska. You know, you guys are more like noblemen than anything. Um, And you don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like to, you know, go to sleep with one eye open. You don't know what it's like to, you know, not know where your next food, you know, is coming from, all that stuff. Um, Calls Kelsey nobleman without the title. Yeah. uh, Which is kind of (laughs) true. Kind of true, but it's kind of not, right? Like, is he a nobleman just because he has a better life? He's a Scott at heart, right? Like, hmm. I mean, you know, like, not to get all political, but if, for example, if a black guy is well off, is he not a black guy anymore? Like, is that what defines him? No, right? Like, Scott are that race of people. Scott is not an oppressed people. Like, they happen to be oppressed, but... You know, like, so after they kill a Lord Ruler, are they suddenly no longer Ska? No, they're still Ska, right? Um, so, Kelsier uh, goes up, you know, and starts talking to Finn. I, the reason why I said what I, my, my take's kind of um, con, uh, controversial is I think most people didn't like how Sanderson wrote this aspect here, where... She blows up on the crew and says all these things, and then later she apologizes to Kelsier. I don't necessarily think that she needed to apologize, but I don't agree with her rant either. Calling them Ska is, in my opinion, inaccurate, and she's really only blowing up on them not because that she feels that they're well off. She's blowing up on them because they don't want to accept that Ellen could be a good guy. And to be honest, you know, she's a young girl. She, does, she she hasn't been fighting this battle or been oppressed. You know, like, I guess it's weird because she's, she joined the crew at the start of the project anyways, at the start of the job. But I, get, I feel like 
you know, he lost his, he was a, you know, uh, a sky thief a lot longer than she was. Um, and, you know, he lost Mare, what was it, two years ago. So it felt a little, I, I didn't agree with it. I, and I'm not saying it was bad writing. I'm saying I didn't agree with Vin's rant. And I don't think she did either because she does actually later say that, yeah, you know what? They are all like Ska. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like it was a little uh, uncalled for. See some more father-daughter relationship. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying like this. He puts up. It said that he put a fatherly arm around her. <laughs> he does also say whenever he asks her, you know, when are you going to leave me too? Or whenever she asks him, whenever, when are you going to leave me too? Like, you know, Reen left me and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't answer. Signs of things to come, maybe. Not maybe, <laughs> because it is. Um, so Vin does tell Kelsier about the House Ventures' weakness, um, which is, oh, did we not actually talk about that? Vin was throwing out ideas that. Uh, I don't. You skipped that Vin was saying that about like the uh, really good seekers can pierce a copper cloud. No, um, I just edit this part out just uh, with. yeah, no, uh, I completely forgot to bring up. I think earlier he she did find out that Vin, or sorry, that House Venture, um, they mine the ATM. Oh, yeah, exclusively, yeah, they have exclusive rights to mine the ATM for the Lord Ruler, and the um, that is a very precarious situation to be in. And I think, actually, we talked about that last time. Mm-hmm. That, I remember that. That was last time. So, Vin tells Kelsier this, and Kelsier's like, ooh, got him. So he's got an ace in the hole against House Venture. But he he does say, like, you know, House Venture has to fall. And she agrees with it, too, right? Like, you can't overthrow a government and leave the largest most powerful house intact like they're gonna they gotta fall too and he does say that he doesn't he's not gonna promise anything but he's not gonna go out of his way to hurt ellen mm-hmm. and um while they're having their little father-daughter moment she does bring up that you know i don't think that mari betrayed you um and he's she said like you know i think that there is a way to pierce a copper cloud and I, and she said, I think I did it. I did it whenever you know she was tra- uh, chasing up the two Mistborn that was going after Ellen. Yeah. Um, and she said, you know, I think the Inquisitors did it back at Cardiac Shaw, and I think they did it against you too um, when you guys were infiltrating Cardiac Shaw. And so Kel tries it out, and he burns copper, and she proves that she she can feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there there is something there. And he says, like, you know, like, no one's been able to do this before. Um, yeah, overall, I was, I'm, I'm, again, we've seen this over and over again, right? Like, she, her steel pushes when she challenged Kelsey at the beginning of part two, that was way stronger than it had any right to be. Um, when she was training, what was it, bronze with Marsh, that had, that was way stronger than it had any right to be. So, yeah. Anyways, perspective jump to, to Ellen. Um, he's kind of nervous after the assassination attempt, and he's kind of waiting with Justice, and I think at his house. Um, so there's a spy who tailed Zed who left. Remember, because he left early yeah. from the ball? And he goes to Clubs' shop. And 
he concludes that this is a ska thieving crew. And he said it's a very good one because they got like a lot of, what is it, Tin Eyes mm-hmm. watching the house. And they even have like soundproof, like, yeah. like sound dampening, yeah, like sa- windows yeah. and stuff like that, which was, I don't like, dang, this is like Fort Knox, Gov edition. <laughs> <laughs> so she, so this was actually kind of like a nice moment for Ellen, cause, like a relief moment, I should say, for Ellen, because mm-hmm. uh, he says, he realized that, okay, they were trying to steal from me. So it's not that she doesn't, she was trying to use me to advance politics. She was just using me to get to my money. I'm like, I'm not sure that's how you break it down, Ellen. Um, Justice agrees with me, apparently. Uh, I I really like the banter between the two. Like, um, he was like, maybe you should have died from the assassins. You would have made my job way easier. <laughs> yeah. Straff said to his own son. Yeah, they got a great relationship. Um, finds out that Shan is dead, and. Ellen's kind of stunned because, you know, they were really pushing for the engagement. And he's thinking that it's probably because they wanted them to get married. Then as soon as they would have a kid, then Shan would kill Ellen. Which is... uh, Feels bad, man. So that's end of chapter 31. So chapter 32, uh, Vin's talking to Spook and she says that uh, she did break things off with Ellen. Um, but she still loves him at the end of the day. Yeah, he got friend-zoned. Yeah, and she asks if she could keep his handkerchief, and then he kind of shrugs. Which so, was... The is, I guess. thought... That's just rude, right? Yeah. It's like... At least had a decency to give back the guy's handkerchief. Yeah. You know, you're friend-zone him, like, at least give him a handkerchief. Uh, so Vin asked for, for tips on burning tints, and Spook's regard is, like, the best one in the whole crew he's the best tonight in the whole group um and from what i got out of it you kind of do like a process of elimination almost where like you focus on the things that you don't want to focus on yeah uh so, well you don't focus on things you don't want to focus on but you like learn to like eliminate the distractions oh yeah you yeah yeah um, that's actually a very good uh moral lesson for life right like you want to learn to let go of yeah. distractions and so yeah. um but yeah so then the, um they get called down by Kelsier and um Kel's gonna meet up with Marsh. Um but before going to meet with Marsh, Vin and Kelsier they go to like a few ska settlements to like keep the hopes up. Um and it said that Vin thought that he loves them more like the Ska are his children rather than they're his equals. Um, so. so I actually wanted to talk about this with you as well. He, um, This has been a kind of recurring theme that Kelsier has a uh, ego issue. But I don't know if it's an issue, right? Like it's bettering the crew. His fame is directly related to how much success they had in recruiting soldiers. Mm-hmm. And we'll, as we'll see later, as a direct result on the soldiers showing up later when they needed it most. So I don't, you know, I'm one of those people, if the end result was something positive, like I get that pride is something that people like, you know, in our society, we really emphasize being humble, being humble, being humble. And so and, I, and I, of course, I agree with that. I think it's good to be humble. But like, 
if if using ego and pride is what gets you to free a people from oppression, then screw being humble. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that's my take on it. I, I think, um, I don't even think he was, he is like egotistical. I think that's the word. I mean, he is definitely egotistical, I think. I, I think that like he was only doing it just like, I feel like everything he's done from this prologue to now or whenever you know you know you know gets the god whenever yeah <laughs> uh i feel like he did all that just for the plan i don't think I feel like he was purposely egotistical just so he could rile people up and give hope but i don't think he was truly truly prideful and stuff okay that's fair i mean that, that's i think that's a fair interpretation of the character but i guess so. we won't see um i mean <laughs> What we've seen so far is kind of what we have to work with. Yeah. Uh, we're laying it on so thick. Um, um, but anyway, they they go to the place where they uh, where they meet with Marsh, and then they found blood on the floor, a dismembered body, a crushed head, and a whole lot of nasty stuff. Yeah, my God. Okay, they, so they did not leave his appearance. I, when I, I remember when I first read this, Marsha's death, for some reason, was unbelievably sad. I, and I felt like it's because he was that outsider in the group, right? Right, like not even clubs was on that level of outsider, <laughs> right? I mean, think about it, right? Like who, who else was, uh, seen like that? You know, yeah. no one really hung out with him. Even clubs is kind of like has a shop and he has spook his nephew um and you know marsh was the undercover guy so he was already the, the loner solo guy and he knew he was getting himself into some dangers and stuff but it was man i, I don't know it and you know especially after that chapter where he, uh, he teaches vin how to burn bronze yeah and he kind of like exposed that he actually does love kelsey or yeah yeah i mean we was... always knew that he did but like just kind of that softer side of him i just yeah. Oh man. Yeah. The, the, this was, this like was this a book. sad. <laughs> I, like I think was that after you uh, read Marsh's death when you texted me. I hate this book. Or was it after? It was after the next death. The next death. I won't say his name though. Oh, Lord Reno's. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Lord Reno's. Quote unquote death. So yeah, that sad death. That that was uh, bad times. Um, but yeah, so they leave, um, pretty quickly because Inquisitors could be around the area, in the area. Um, and, but then before leaving, they take like a note that was in, in the chair leg in the, in the inside of a table leg, I should say. Um, and they take it back to the shop and Dachshund reads the paper, reads the note, and it says that Marsh hasn't learned anything at all about Inquisitors. And he <laughs> thinks that they that the Canton Canton, Canton, yeah. Canton of Inquisition has caught on to him. Um and he's gonna take precautions which quote unquote may or may not be necessary. They were necessary. And they were not enough. <laughs> that was pretty sad because it was like it might uh it might not be useful, but it might be. What, what was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it was, was like, like it was like clearly foreboding. Like, yeah, he's yeah. screwed. <laughs> um, 
But there was actually two lines here. Um, we can get to one a little bit later. But whenever, you know, Kelsier first sees uh, Marsh, uh, when he kind of freezes in the doorway, she flares Peter and Tin immediately, falling to a crouch, listening for attackers. There was nothing. Just silence. Yeah. The, the, the writing, especially in this whole part, the writing here was just... In my opinion, masterpiece, right? Like moments like this, just really the, the the tone, the 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 weight of these events felt so much heavier. How dare you, Sanderson? <laughs> How dare you make me cry like this? It, he made me shed a lot of tears last night, this yeah. morning. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. At, back at the shop, Kelsier, he's like super dark. Like he looks like he's about to kill some nobleman, and that's not a good thing. Uh, and he he clearly wants some revenge, and so he said he's gonna hit final the final empire where it hurts. Oh, I had I had it written down. Back. Um, they hit me where it couldn't have hurt worse, so I'm gonna do likewise. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Um. So then we switch perspectives to this dude named Waylon. And I had predicted as soon as, like, the first paragraph, I was like, this is probably the pits. Yeah. Uh, but it turns out to be the pits. Um, and he's going down the pit to get the ADM geodes. And it's a really, really grueling process to get those, yep. those geodes. You have to stick your hand in, like, a crystal rock thingy. You have to dig it in, like, who knows how far. You have to grab it, and then drag it back out and then your hands your arms like scarred you know so i guess that's how kelsier got his scars um we knew it was from the yeah pits, but like but we now we see firsthand experience yeah um and then on his way back up he was like thinking like oh man whenever i go back up is someone gonna steal it from me yeah because, right like i was like dude this is dark. this is a week of life for me yeah and i don't want it to be stolen um but he looks up and he sees a dude in a black cloak which clearly is kel and then he tells Wayland to run away because the guards are dead um and he has a chance to run and he Kelsier tells Waylon to go down underground to sell the ADM geodes, and that'll buy him a lot of time and, and money. <laughs> buy him a lot of time and money. Uh, Why'd you repeat that? Emphasis. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Kel goes down to the pits to experiment his, I think it was a theory he had at first. To where if he uses alamancy, then I don't know the, the theory. Crystals... But I thought it was kind of confirmed that like yeah, you can't use alamancy near the crystals because yeah. that just explodes. Yeah, so he's like, he kind of had the evil emoji on his face, and then he. <laughs> but it was <laughs> the evil upset emoji, not the evil happy emoji. Yeah, uh, and then he begins to use alamancy, alamancy <laughs> around the crystals to break them. So there is one actually thing that stuck out to me. Um, he said, uh, Kelsier held up his arms, looking at his scars, still white and uh, stark on his skin. Uh, well, actually, I said earlier, could he really go back down into those cramped, quiet depths? Could he really enter the darkness again? Yes, for her dreams, he could. That, I think, 
why he's doing this. It's obviously Marsh tipped him off, or like or over the edge. Um, yeah. but I I don't think again that he's getting. I this line, in my opinion, proves that he's not doing this for Marsh. He's still doing it for Mari, but that the death of Marsh is just like okay, he's like I've had enough. Yeah, I've legit just had enough. Um, um and hit. I don't know what it is, but like him being this fun loving. You know, laid back character, just the fury. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, so I did forget a pretty important detail. It's that the entire crew has to be sent to has to be sent to the backup um, shop or backup like settlement um, because Club shop is compromised, or it could be compromised. We don't know yet. Uh, because Marsh was most likely like ninety five percent chance that he was interrogated, and ninety nine percent chance is that he gave up the information, um, and so they they had to go back to like this little really dingy shack basically. Uh, in chapter thirty four, we see it. Thirty three, we see it. Um, the crew is like all huddled up, and it's. Shows like how the crew is actually kind of spoiled almost because they're used to these nice chairs, these like nice house, um, but now they're living basically like a ska. Even Breeze doesn't want to sit down because he doesn't want his clothes to get dirty. <laughs> uh, and so Spooks, he's sent with. Well, I don't know if that's spoiled, right? Like, if you had like think about it, we live, you know, have uh, comfortable lives. Yeah. If, if there's a chair that's like clearly dirty, and I'm not talking about like, oh, you know, it's like a worn out chair. I'm talking like dirt, like you're going to get ash on your clothes. I, I don't it's know. Uh, it's a perspective. It's, yeah, I mean, it's for a... sure, like to a Scott, they are unbelievably spoiled. But I think that's a, it's the acceptable level of spoil. If that makes sense. It's acceptable, but... Coming um, from a middle class dude. <laughs> so anyways, um, so we figured out that Spook was sent with Renault um, because it's pretty useful having... Because uh, we don't know if Marsh um, compromised Renault and that he was an imposter. So they want to send Spook with Renault to make sure that he doesn't get assassinated, that Renault doesn't get assassinated. Um and the crew is considering leaving and coming back later whenever Kelsey has another job because they said that, like, they've done their job and it, it, it's been worth it, but they're basically done with it. Um, but then Kelsey, he kind of walks in pretty nonchalantly. He's like, yeah, I kind of just destroyed the pits of Hassan. Um, everyone, especially Breeze, they're pretty impressed that he kind of single-handedly took out the entire economy of the whole known world. Yeah. Basically. Um, I mean, and not just for a little bit, like for hundreds of years. Yeah. You know, like that thing he said, like 300 years, it mm-hmm. won't come back or like fully. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh boy. But we don't know about his reserves. So he yeah. could be going for a bit. So but what, again, it's reserves, right? Like you have no income for 300 years. I feel like he's going to do what he does usually. And, um, make it make ADM even more scarce and just jack up the prices so much to where he makes like a hundred years worth or something out of one 
Chris, so who knows? I don't know what he uses it for still, though. That's the thing. The adium? Yeah. Yeah. There. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so one of Clubs' ten eyes um, says that people are gathering in the square, and everybody except for Sazed and Clubs follows Kelsier outside. Um, and there's an execution about to happen because they hear the prisoner carts rolling about. Uh, and Kelsier spots Renault and Spook on the prisoner cart, about to be assassinated. Well, it's not assassinated, it's executed. Oh, sorry, executed. Yeah, wrong word. Um, and he basically just like sprints over or tries to sprint, so- sprint over. Vin tries to stop him. He scowls her, scolds, scolds her, um, basically says that you don't know what friendship is, but I really hope you figure it out soon. Um, Which is the last thing he will ever say to our girl, Vin. Yeah. Um, what a way to go out. And so he goes over, he jumps onto the the prisoner cart, he still pushes everybody, still pushes all the guards off. This whole um, se- sequence... Like, Kelsier's a god. <laughs> like, he's a steel and iron god. Like, he, he's awesome. Um, he frees some of the prisoners, and then it's a trap. He faces an Inquisitor. Um, and I actually thought that it was a, the Lord Ruler for a second. That that... Yeah. Okay. I thought that, that the Inquisitor was Lord Ruler, just the way that they um, introduced it. Um, and so... Uh, the entire crew is kind of scrambling about him, uh, runs like a completely different direction. Later, we figure out that he's gathering up his forces, his soldiers, um, and Dachshund pulls Vin inside with Breeze to where we still have a view. Of, they still have a view of the battle, but they're not actually fighting, fighting. And the Inquisitor, I'm pretty sure that this is the same Inquisitor as before, the one that stabbed Vin. Um, <laughs> that's what they said. Yeah, what this was the same. Yeah. Uh, and he once again asks where Vin is, um, and why they want Vin so badly. Hmm. It's the Rap dad. Up. It's the dad. It's got to be the dad. Why? What do you mean? The dad is trying to hunt his daughter down. Hmm. So he doesn't get because the dad. Okay, here's my theory. Prediction time. Okay. So, Dad, he is higher than an Inquisitor in the Canton of Inquisition. Okay. Uh, he is sending... He is Since he is higher ranked than Inquisitors, he's sending the Inquisitors over to go hunt his own daughter so that he doesn't get ratted out and then get punished for not being careful mm. by having a kid. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. One thing wrong with that. What? Earlier they had said, uh, they oh no, they asked who her father was, right? Back back then. Yeah, and not only that, they also said, um, Ellen. I th- I'm sorry, Ellen. Marsh described that there's some friction between the the Inquisitors and the uh, the dad, and no, and the uh, obligators. Oh. Yeah, there's some friction going on between them. Like, almost... Not... Like politics, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But... Dang it. 
Um, so then again, these are not spoiler uh, confirmations, denial. These are all information that I had when I first read the book. So, you know, yeah. Um, but anyway, as we move on, um, the guards come to Kelsier and then he's like, what the hey, I'm just going to fight all these guys. I'm already here. Uh, and fights everybody and his school and the quizzer at the same time. Yeah, uh, nuts. And poor, poor, poor soldiers. They are used as toys. Yeah, oh my God, right? Like, poor guys. He uses them like... Okay, so I actually wanted to ask you, do you notice a difference between the fighting? Actually, I can ask you, I would ask you more next book. So we can leave it to that. The fighting style? Mm-hmm. Differences between Kelsey and Vin. I want to see if you come to the same conclusion. Uh, we can get to that later. It's not a problem. Yeah. But, um, chapter 34. Or unless you got more. Yeah, I've got some more. Um, it's basically an all-out war whenever Ham brings his soldiers in. Um, and Breeze is in the back lines, making the good soldiers more hopeful, making the bad ones more fearful. Um, and Vin realizes that like I don't actually actually have to be engaging in fisticuffs to fight as they say i can be in the back line soothe and riot to fight this battle um, i can still help over here and so she helps breeze um cal's trying to lead the inquisitor away but then the inquisitor starts beheading like random <laughs> people like that'll that'll beat him <laughs> and it did uh yeah. and so he was about to actually kill Ellen, but then um, he wait. No, that's later. That's later. Yeah, but Ellen kind of shows up and he's yeah. looking for Valette. Yeah, and so Kel- he Kelsier catches him in the corner of his eye, and then Kelsier runs towards the Inquisitor and starts to fight. So there's actually a few different things that I tagged for this chapter. Again, more amazing writing when. He, uh, they're kind of when Vin's kind of smiling at the banter between the crew, and even though they know about Marsh's death, they they know how to move on, right? This yeah. isn't the first crew member that are lost, and she said, you know, in that way, they really were like Scott after all. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just I I don't know. It may be simple to some of you guys, but for me, it, it kind of stands out to me. This book, it feels special to me. <laughs> um. So that was hilarious when. So sorry. No, sorry. I was just saying, like, I thought it was hilarious how uh, when they're asking about um, where Kelsier went, and then he's like, you know, did you invade the Lord Ruler's palace? Did you take the Lord Ruler's clothes back? <laughs> I just wrote the pits of hats and they're like, yeah. And so I thought it was funny. Um, again, more humor. I just love it. You know, we're not gonna get much more of it, um, especially after the next chapter. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, one quick thing I wanted to touch on. I know you wanted to say something, but one quick thing, and I, I feel like this is an important lesson, and this book is full of it. Um, Kelsier does say that it's all of our fault that these people are going to be killed, right? The, yeah. He's talking about the execution. It is all of our fault, mm-hmm. but just because it's our fault that they're getting killed doesn't mean that what we did was wrong. And yeah. I think that you know, not to get all political, you can make you guys can have your own opinions, of course, but. In my opinion, this is what's important, right? Like, when you are in an oppressed state and you're going to rise up, 
to fight for your freedom, people are going to die. Mm-hmm. That's just the nature. It, it shouldn't be that way. And, I, you know, of course, we all wish that it isn't that way. But it is. But it is. Yeah. You know, like that. that's going to it's a war, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're talking about war and war comes with casualties. And unfortunately, not just casualties of soldiers, a lot of times casualties of civilians. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I had a question. It's kind of back uh, whenever clubs and Seiza, they just didn't go to the executions. They decided not to. Aren't they mandatory to attend? Went like Inquisitor or not Inquisitor, an obligator knock on a door, make sure that everybody's out. Yeah, I don't, I don't get what you're talking about. Sorry. So, remember whenever Sezed and Clubs they were they stayed inside instead of following Kelsey and the crew out to watch the executions. Um, I think they just didn't. Um, I, I think they may not be super diligent about making sure everyone comes out because I think at that point you kind of get used to, okay, they're gonna listen. Oh, you know. Yeah. True. Um. And so I want to go even further back to the epigraph. It said, I'm thinking that the lake mentioned that Fedek found. Ooh. I'm thinking that's the well. Okay. I don't know what the well is. I just know that the bottom of a well has water in it. And that's, they found a body of water. So. Wow. Yeah. Found a water bottle. There you go. (laughs) That's the well. Aquafina. Um, (laughs) I, I also wonder what the heck that creature was in a mist that attacked Fedek. Was it an invisible yeah. knife or something like that? Uh, there's a lot of mystery. Yeah, with the mist. Yeah. Um, that's... I, I feel like we're... Um, the, way that mis- the way that Mr. Sanderson writes, I feel like we're going to figure this all, all this stuff out in the second book just because it's always Act 1 questions act two just this just based off of what i've seen in book one uh but i feel like it's gonna match the act one questions act two questions answered act three explosion act three being book three act two being book two act one being book one so book one is Whoa, like, wait, so you're expecting questions to be answered in book two for the most part yeah i'm not gonna think everything's gonna be answered but so fair. but yeah fair because from what i've heard Book three is like crazy, mm-hmm. and book two is a little slower. So I'm guessing that's more revelations. Yeah, more. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I, for those of you who don't know, Daniel Green is a really popular fantasy YouTuber. For him, Well of Ascension is his favorite book. Yeah. So, by no means, when I say Well of Ascension was my least favorite of the trilogy, do I try? And then I try to imply that it was a bad book. Yeah. It was still a fantastic book. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was a great book. There were moments in that book that set it above Hero of Ages and Final Empire. But in my opinion, just as an overall, mm-hmm. well, essentially, was, in my opinion, the weakest. But again, still a top-notch book. Yeah. So I feel like it has something to do with the Miss Race because those things aren't normal. There's no way that he, Sanderson, just like introduces them and won't do anything with them. Mm-hmm. Same with the mist. I also wanted to bring this up. Uh, there was like a subtle detail where there was mist water. So like 
like some of the cobblestones had like mist water in it. So this takes away my previous theory I had way early back where the mist got closer to Kelsier whenever he was using Alamancy. I thought it was, I thought the mist was like magnetic. Yeah, like kind of metallic particles. Yeah. So now we know that it's a vapor, but like that's all we know (laughs) now. Yeah. I Um, mean, in real life, it is a vapor, but you were saying that the mist in this world had like some metallic particles. Okay. But even in Mistborn world, it's. It seems to be still just water. Yeah. 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 Well, what if that water vapor has metallic particles? I don't think so. All right. Not to the level I was thinking, at least. Uh, but anyways, on to chapter 34. Matthias' um, favorite chapter. No, I hate this book. I hate this chapter. I'm not reading Well of Ascension after this. All right. Well, that about does it for that uh, podcast, boys. We had a good run. <laughs> Slash S. Uh, Kelsier has, is in the middle of a super, 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 super epic battle. He's like... Okay, you know what this reminded me of? So him flying around reminded me of Monster Hunter World, that weapon I use, where you jump up and you, you hit and you fly and you hit and you fly. Yep. This was exactly that. You He like jumped up with like all this like metal stuff around him and he like went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and then was like shooting metal stuff. At the Inquisitor, he, like, used a bunch of, uh, so, Inquisitors are, like, mole rats. So, they can only, it's accurate, they can only, they can't see, but they can smell, and they can see the, I'm pretty sure that whenever you burn iron, you can yeah, see. Yeah, you can see the blue yeah, lines. you can yeah. see the lines. So, I'm pretty sure that they can only see the lines. And so, Kelsier, he, like, used so much metal to where the Inquisitor was confused, um, had no idea what was going on uh and so yeah they were just going at it there was this one part where the inquisitor i'm pretty sure he just threw the cage he threw the prisoner's cage at kelsier and then he like he like goes like flies inside of it doesn't he yeah i i I think i'll be honest i have a hard time sometimes understanding like uh combat imagery yeah imagery in general i'm kind of bad at that's why when people say like you know who what actor do you think we should play this character? I'm like, I have no idea. Um, but yeah, there the was way some... I took it was that he he flew inside of it, and so whenever it hit the wall, he was fine because he was also kind of keeping he was kind of pushing himself inside, uh, kind of keeping himself stationary. Yeah. So um, there. Okay, this is gonna sound like very disrespectful, of Kelsier, and I'm kind of ashamed that he even came up with this uh, <laughs> comparison. But when he's kind of like floating in the air, right? And he's just like hurling metal, like just shards yeah. of metal. It reminded me of like Tenten from Naruto. Right? How because where she like... How dare you? Yeah, and that, that's... <laughs> I'm like, it's... It's not even close. Um, but like that imagery kind of made me think of that, right? Where she's kind of floating in the air and just a bunch of like weapons rain down. And that's what I felt like with Kelsier. Yeah. He's just... And but it's more impressive when Kelsier does it, right? Because he's manipulating like his weight and the mm-hmm. metal's weight, and just fl- it, it is a more uh, accurate comparison. I'd say is Captain Levi going back and forth, and like that takes some skill using the yeah the, the, the ODM glider, gear. Oh, yeah, the ODM gear. Yeah. Yeah. I said glider for some reason. 
He does save Ellen's life. Because he's, he's kind of ashamed of it. He's like in disbelief that like I just saved an old woman. I mean, he wasn't like sitting there in shock. He was just like, I can't believe I yeah. saved an old woman. Uh, and he like launches like while he's as he's saving Ellen, he grabs onto the Inquisitor. He uses like he flares Peter. He strangles him because he figured he knows that Inquisitors can be killed. Um, and he decides to try to kill him. Uh. And we sadly jump back to. You should have seen my reaction whenever we were jumping, jumping back. Jumping back things. in. So jumping, I love the, the thirty-four and thirty-three. The constant jump around. I liked the awesome. Waylon jump in the previous chapter where they jumped to Waylon. Uh, um, from the pits of Hassan. Yeah, yeah, that, that, was, that, really that was really cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. Uh, I was not expecting that. But anyways, um, I was so mad. I was like, dude, this is probably just some filler junk. But it happened to not be filler junk, thankfully. Um, She's looking for Ellen in the crowd. In the crowd, she was looking for Ellen in the crowd, and she didn't see him. But um, he's able to, to update Dachshund on what's happening, and and then Kelsier he uses like um, a bunch of this metal to distract him as uh, distract the Inquisitor as he was before, and he gets like these cobblestones and he drives the Inquisitor into the the. The prisoner's cart that was turned over in the action, uh, he drives the Inquisitor and uses the pikes that is stabbed into the Inquisitor's eyes and like nails him like, like like a clock basically like you're nailing a clock into a wall, and he just drives him in and then he grabs the obsidian axe and it just cuts off his head. Wow. Yeah. The okay, so Kelsey God. That's all I gotta say to that. Uh, and the crowd is like going the crowd crazy. goes wild, and then they go mild, and uh, then the Lord Ruler arrives in the black chariot or something like that, or black yeah, the something. black chariot with the black horse. I'm pretty sure. And oh my God, uh. A few, uh, whenever he steps out, he's like super intimidating. This is this is very similar to Steelheart because Steelheart is the main. That's his name in the book. Steelheart. Mm. That's the main villain, and you you can tell us Steelheart is super intimidating because you don't get to see him, um, but you get you just get to hear about him, and that's the same in this book. Is you get you don't see you never see a Lord Ruler. But you get to hear him. You get to hear about him, uh, and then you finally get to see him. And then a few of Ham's soldiers they run at uh, at the Lord Ruler, saying like, you know, for my wife and stuff. And then they stab stab him in the chest twice, I believe, and nothing happens. He take he rips the spear out. Does he just like slap them or something? I forgot. No, how he, he killed ignores those. them. Like the inquisitors oh. could jump in and just like yeah. Oh yeah, apart, yeah, they, yeah. Okay. Um, and then he has like a super nonchalant conversation with Kelsier. Just backhands him. Like no, one. but before that, he said, um, "What he say?" He said something. Uh, Kelsier says something like, "You know, I am what you would never kill." I'm yeah, hope. I am hope. And then he just slaps him. Turns him into Two Face, and I didn't. I don't think he died. I still don't think he's dead. Something has to do with the eleventh metal. He stabbed him with the spear. Huh? 
after he slapped him, he stabbed him with a spear. So? Say he said, heal him. <laughs> if something has to do with the 11th mineral, I, he's not dead. There's no way Brandon Sanderson would develop a guy so much, have half the book in his perspective, and just literally die from a slap. Just a strong slap. Have you seen those slap competitions? Uh in like Russia, yeah, and people this is like like with concussions, and they're like super bloody yeah. and stuff. Yeah, dude, this was a hard slap. Like he, I am well aware. I don't know why you are having such a hard. Time. <laughs> you guys should see his face right now. He's having such a hard time even coping with this right now. And I understand he wrote this like last night, and he's still not over it yet. I I told him this looks good, and he won't listen to me. <laughs> no, uh, he's he's just not dead. There's no way. uh a main character can can die this early. Hmm. It's this early. We're almost at the end of the book. It's a third. It's a third of the way through the series, though, and we have three more books after that. But who knows? I don't know if that's gonna be way later or not. But what when Kelsier comes back? Huh? When Kelsier comes back, you're saying it's gonna be way later? No, no. I'm talking about the next series after this, like the Alloy of Law. Oh, we have like five more books left. There's no way he dies in the first one. These voice cracks, man. There's no way he dies in the first one. <laughs> Apparently, when you're emotional, your voice cracks a lot more. Um, I'm emotional. So yeah, um, Kelsier is dead. No, um, he's not. And Ham uh, verifies, uh, which that was also really sad to see. Um, Ham kind of like looks at him at the last second, uh, or last second, last time, kind of verifies his friend's dead and takes Vin away, which man, that was So I did like a lot how Inquisitors kind of resemble the samurai almost. Um because they they for one, whenever Kelsior did that sick like fly through the gate and you know break the gate uh the, the the Inquisitor, he actually like nodded in respect towards Kelsier. Um I'm not sure that's a samurai thing per but se. But like but no, so I was I was kinda thinking like I wonder if another Inquisitor came, would the Inquisitor help? Or would they watch, let them do a one on one, sort of like an honorable samurai would. Almost too honorable. I think but. you got too much secure on your mind because I don't I don't really see the similarities. In, too much what? I think you've been playing Sekiro too much. <laughs> I don't see the similarities. And, um, I, I just was really impressed that... Um, I mean, he just that, nodded to him in respect. There's a lot of like cultures and warriors and that do that, you know? Yeah. I mean, even to this day, right? Like, if you watch any MMA fight, boxing fight, kickboxing fight, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, when somebody's like evenly matched or does something really cool, you're like, yeah, you know, that, that was a sick kick. Yeah. Almost killed me. That was a sick kick. <laughs> um, but unless you got anything else for this um, uh, chapter, I don't know. If I... I do. Um, so a little bit earlier, um, whenever, a little bit after he, Kelsier flies through the, the cage, um, archers come out and try to shoot the prisoners but kel shoots a prison carts like the the cage of the prison carts the bars at the yeah archers um and then 
Ham frees Renault and Spook right afterwards before the Inquisitor. But Renault actually gets gun, not gun, axed down. Yeah, yeah. So he gets axed, and I was kind of confused. So basically, he gets like axed in the back. Um, but he like looks at Kelsier as Kelsier's in the air, and Kelsier nods at him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Julie, do the thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what that was all about. Um. Rafa. Uh, the yeah. So then we right after that the the Inquisitor goes to Ellen and then um, Kelsier grabs the Inquisitor by the neck and you know we already been through this. Uh, so this kind of reminded me of so kind of Harry Potter, uh, Deathly Hallows spoilers here. Um. This kind of reminded me of whenever I wanted to see Dumbledore fight Grindelwald. Do you remember that? Um, I really want to see Dumbledore fight Grindelwald. I really want to see two very experienced wizards, or in this case, Alamantras, fight each other. Um, and we did. But I want to see that in Harry Potter, too. But this just gave me oh, a similar feeling. Yeah, okay, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. The, the fight between Kelsier, it, it, that was one of my favorite fights. Yeah, um, I wrote down a bunch of my reactions while <laughs> I was uh, while I was reading this, um, and I can't confirm like the, the size of his notes. This is the longest notes I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I wrote down like whenever Renault got stabbed, I wrote down like, "Oh my God, Renault just got stabbed out of nowhere. Wait, he isn't going to die. Why is he still alive? What's a chondra? <laughs> um, what the heck are Inquisitors? Why can they live so easily? How is he so smiling when he just got?" strangle and there's actually marks of the strangling on his neck i had a lot of dude whenever like he got slapped to oblivion i was so surprised he's not i don't still don't think he's dead but i was still surprised that like the force of the slap you know yeah like i still in disbelief (laughs) uh so this We'll move on to my prediction. Ah, yes. I'm waiting for this. Yeah. Uh, so, I have a lot of evidence to, to back Ooh, this up. Ooh, evidence too. Yeah. Okay. This is like a, a shower thought. Um, okay, okay. Okay, so, came around on this one mm-hmm. until the end, okay? So, that one, uh, the, the person in the logbook, um, he's from Hellenium. I don't think that's a Lord Ruler. Um, he's either one of the dude's friends, Fedic, or he's a Terrisman, or he's Rashik, but Rashik is a Terrisman. Um, wait, wait, you're saying the guy in the Lord, the, you're saying the logbook is not, wait, wait, that's not possible. You're saying the logbook is not the, the guy? Log, from, yeah, the guy talking in the logbook and the epigraphs is not. Is not the Lord Ruler. Is not the Lord Ruler. Okay, okay, sorry, continue. Yeah. So, um, so I'm thinking Rashek or friend Fedek or Terrisman, he took the ascension at the last second because um, we already know that Rashek thinks that it belongs to pure blood. Um, and it it might explain a lot of the rumors we had, like whenever we heard that the Lord Ruler, he like walked out of a burning building and he was just like healing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe... 
if this is a if this was Rashik and he knows Farukami, then he could have like stored a bunch of healing until he walked out of the building sure. and he healed. Okay. This explains why he wears metal because he needs to store it in the rings and stuff. Um, okay. Or he could do it for pride. The the only hole I see in this is if it is a terraceman, why is he hunting down terraceman? That doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. I, um, no, I mean, that. that's a, those are fair assessments as well as, um, what's it called? Counter your own counterpoint, you know. Like, mm-hmm. Why would he hunt down his own people? Um, and it does explain how the the dude on logbook he's like nice, he has morals, but the Lord Ruler doesn't have morals. So it also makes sense if this if I'm right, it makes sense that he's making himself superior to everybody else, like he thinks a terrorist should be, because they're supernatural. But again, it doesn't make sense to me. Why is he hunting his own people? Yeah. If this is true, so that that's like the biggest hole. So that's like the only reason why I'm not like I'm running with it, but I I could see why it's. You know, I mean, you only got another two books to find out, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's it. Yeah, um, well, and another theory is that oh I, don't, boy. I don't think Kelsier is actually. Oh my god! Dead, dead. I think Eleventh Meadow has something to do. Oh with my it. god! Okay, so what do you? Okay, I guess question time. What do you think the eleventh metal does? Revival. Revival. <laughs> oh my god! Why revival? <laughs> what is that? How's that gonna help them beat the Lord Ruler? Kalsir comes back. He comes back and gets slapped again. <laughs> then what? Then he comes back and gets slapped again. I remember uh, that one movie? Um, something die tomorrow or something like that. Yeah, live die repeat. Yeah, yeah. live die repeat. That yeah. was a good movie. Like <laughs> movie. But all right, that is a very exhaustingly long episode, but a very, in my opinion, necessarily exhausting episode. Um, that'll about do it. Uh, next time we are finishing out Final Empire chapters thirty-five to thirty-eight, along with the epilogue as well. Um, we finished um, we Dangers finished. in a Sea of Mists. And now and we're about to start Believers in a Forgotten World. And that will close out Final Empire. And then after that, uh, we actually have some plans and something in the works for you guys. But until next time.